0: This is a Founding Media podcast. Welcome to another episode of Masters and Founders. I'm your host, Dan Dillard. This week, we're sitting down at Ible Studios in Austin, Texas with the dopamine dealer of LinkedIn and my long term friend, Joshua B. Lee. As someone who epitomizes the term serial entrepreneur, Josh has seen the highs and lows of being a founder and business owner and learned a whole lot about what really matters along the way. Josh got his start in 2003 working in online marketing for businesses like MySpace and Google, and over two decades that followed, went on to start 16 businesses and author a book called Balance his Bullshit. In 2014, Josh started his most recent venture, Standout Authority, a company that helps businesses grow their influence and optimize the human connection through LinkedIn. Josh's energy and passion comes through in everything he does, but that wasn't always so. It took a bad bet and a loss of several businesses to make him realize you have to understand failure to be able to appreciate success. But that's a story best told by Josh. So let's get into that conversation. Josh, thanks for joining us here at uh, Able Studios in Austin, Texas. What a fine space!
1: Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm excited to be here. Even more excited to be in the studio. This is beautiful, man. <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it. Yeah. We hadn't chatted with each other for a while. It's nice to catch up. It is. It's. It's. We've, we've chatted, I think, Dan. But you know, overall, like we haven't seen each other right. and like really been able to kind of sit down side by side and be able to have a chat about what's been going on, where we've been, that whole thing. So. Really looking forward to it today, man. Thanks for showing
0: up. I really am glad to see you for sure. Yeah, man. I want to get into, as you know, uh, this Masters and Founders podcast is all about inspiring people uh, and showing them stories of people that have done their own thing. And you have done your own thing several times over. A couple times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to get to, just let's get right into it off the bat, is the founder story. Like, you know, you're, you're a serial entrepreneur, Yeah, done businesses... Left and right, what was this number six? How many businesses have you built?
1: This was actually sixteen. So yeah, I am, I am delayed. <laughs> it's it's okay, man. I mean, it's it kind of went through because it, it's funny when you kind of go through it, a whole piece. It's a lot of people look at me when I tell them sixteen companies. A lot, and then I kind of go through and talk about some of the first companies I started. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they go, wait, wait a minute, how old are you? Right, because it kind of goes through because sometimes I, you know, I have my Nike kicks on and stuff like that, and I'm like, wait a minute, maybe you're a lot. You're a lot older than I think you are. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm old. It's okay. It's, it happens. But Look young, stay fit. It's one of those pieces, man. I mean, it's I've done a lot of companies, some good, some bad. Some I just had to close, you yeah. know. And I did have three that I actually were able to sell. So you know, seven-figure exits. So it's nice to be able to have those kind of things. And you know, I'm an open book, man. We can talk about it all.
0: For sure. Well, that's that's the main point here is we want to get into the good, bad, and the ugly because what I find is that as People are out there starting a business. Maybe it's their first one. There's a lot of questions, and there's a lot of uh, maybe inferiority pro- uh, pro- uh, thought process in their heads. Like, well, am I supposed to be doing this? Or so many questions come in their head. But it's nice to be able to hear other people that have been through it and say, "Oh, I'm just where I need to be right now." So yeah. That's 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 the 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 inspiration part. Um, let's go back to
1: the found like the first time you wanted to be like your first business. Do you remember that? Like what did that look like? <laughs> It's funny because, I mean, I kind of look back on it, and I think there's multiple different things from from my own angle, from my mom's angle, different things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, we probably shouldn't go back that far because I could be like, all right, Dan, so I used to sell candy out of my locker and amazing margins <laughs> because my parents would buy the candy, and then I would sell it, and I had 100% profit. It nice. was great, you know? But I assume you're not probably talking about my yeah. first job.
0: right? But at the end of the day, I mean, something's— in your head made you want to be like, hey, I think this is the way to go versus working for somebody else?
1: Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of opportunities that I kind of kept on seeing um, as a young kid, being able to grow through. And you always get that question, you know, do you believe people are either born entrepreneurs or become entrepreneurs? And I think there's two, one of both, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I'm the one that was like more born into it, right? right? Being able to always see the angles, what opportunities and being able to take advantage of them in a way, I think at first I took advantage of a way that I was taught, which was How do I monetize this? And so I finally figured out that led me down, honestly, not a good path Mm -hmm. to how can I add value to this, right? right. Right? And so that was where different changes. And, you know, you talk about my first, my first company, which was a a company called Leads and Feeds way back when. And what it was, was I got into the online advertising business back in 03, 2003, and it's it's interesting because back then you really weren't able to get into it. I had left the mortgage industry and I always kinda of saw the different opportunities. I was youngest corporate account executive at a company, well, GT wireless, singular wireless, you know, way back when. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, little things like really? that give away my age really yeah, quickly because yeah. we were like, dude, I've never even heard of GTE <laughs> wireless. GT. I actually have heard of GT, but that says something about my age. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, I became a mortgage broker for a little bit, saw the writing on the wall there because uh, I'd moved out to California and realized people were, as I say, running over their own grandmothers to close loans and putting mm-hmm. people in bad situations, wow. which led to 2008. Right. And, um, so I got in the online advertising business and, you know, I was kind of blessed and cursed because, you know, one of my first companies that I got into, it was, what we call arbitrage, right? Buy low sell high. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that kind of situation we were had different traffic sources that we would actually get the traffic from and then we'd turn around and sell to different advertising companies like Google, Yahoo, things like that. Mm-hmm. One of my first clients um and I got the contract for was a company that a lot of people forgot about. MySpace. Oh wow. So wow. you know, we I I met those guys when they were first getting kicked off. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, they were building it off of what they had seen and everything kind of going through and they didn't know how to really monetize their traffic. And so I actually helped them in essence create one of the first social media ads that a lot of what we see today is based off of. Wow. And what we had done was built that contextual ad and then we turned around, took that traffic and sold it to Yahoo, which was... um, a whole another company back then, Overture. And mm-hmm. I had to think about it for a second. It's been, it's been a couple bits. It's been a minute. And, you know, it was great. I mean, we, we made a lot of money, um, but, I mean, that's what it was all about, right? You know, I mean, it's was like printing money in my young 20s, I didn't make great decisions. Right. And so, you know, because of that, I started going through and learning how to basically monetize everything online mm-hmm. from... Every acronym you could think of, CPC, CPA, CPM, CPL. I mean, I could go through the whole piece. Right. But I don't know really how much I actually, you know, added value. Because right. I, when I went back, Dan, I look at it throughout my career, the online advertising side, Um, I've, I've controlled, I've managed over half a billion dollars in ad spend. Mm-hmm. And I've controlled over 35 trillion online impressions on my own servers.: Wow. but I don't, again, I don't know how many people I actually helped. And so right. I built a lot of companies during that time frame, but really it led me to a path that I had to kind of, in the long run take a reset because you know, and I, I, I pause when I think about this because it's just a, a very tough point in my life, because outside looking in, a lot of people saw me as successful. Right. Yeah. What do, What do people consider successful these days? Money? Money. hundred yeah, percent. The monetary. Yeah. And I had that, but I'd become 45 pounds overweight. I'd mm-hmm. never been overweight in my life. Um, my friends were monetary and I had no vision about where I was going. I just right. knew where I was at. Just kind of feels soulless maybe. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I think a lot of that happens to us in our twenties. I mean, yeah. not
0: everybody, but I, I can definitely relate to that in the twenties. Cause you're, you know, there's, there's a lot of self-help books and it's like, you know, crush it and go out there and Get it, get it, get it. Work.
1: Get up at five. You or mean four. the work-life balance stuff? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wrote a book about that. I did. Work. Um, <laughs> balance is bullshit. Right. So, because I mean, that's what really hurt me. I was trying mm-hmm. to live this whole work-life balance that mm-hmm. really hurts people, comparably to actually helping them. Because they, they, we don't have two different lives. Just like we don't have two different personalities. Right. If we did. I'd be locked up in a sane asylum. Right. I mean, we have one life. and We have to live that way. And yeah. I mean, it hurts so many people these days.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and, that's, and that goes back to what, what we were talking about. Is like when you focus your entire life on that money-making ability and it's soulless, it is your life. Oh, yeah. not, and, and and so you have this reset that you talked about and rethinking, like, do I want my life to be about that? So, like, yeah. that's an interesting... I mean, I love that you bring this up because I've been through the same thing. Yeah. And uh, we've had these conversations before where where life comes at you from different ways and it's not always the money. It's like, okay, there's other things that happen. And then you start getting, I, I call it getting roots. Like the, this is now you, this was like the, the in your twenties, you're focused on this, but there's so much more to life than that. Yeah. That, that one inch layer. Right. And you got to go deep and, and figure out who you are as an individual.
1: hundred percent. So, well, it's interesting too, as you kind of talk about that, it reminds me of the first time you and I met mm-hmm. because that was before I had gone through that, that, that reset of my life, because mm-hmm. I was running a group at that time called Monsterpreneur remember that. and you would come out and this is a, a little bit, you know, where you were just kind of thinking about founding Austin and mm-hmm. being able to build that whole piece, yeah. which has been amazing. Yeah. And, you know, Thank you. outside yeah. looking in, like I acted like nothing was wrong when internally, you know, I was going through so much where, you know, I ended up going through and I mean, hell, I, I was in my office, Dan. And I remember cause I worked at home cause I had my son Hmm. And, you know, my office, I always wanted to open doors. And I remember that day when like that office doors closed and that office became like a sanctuary, mm-hmm. but a coffin at the same time where wow. I would just just stare at the wall every single day, contemplating my life to if the money for my life insurance would be better for my family than me. Wow. And I mean, it was, it was a hard thing. And I mean, I was really, really blessed to be able to a good friend of mine Um Jesse Elder, that kind of gave me permission, not only to take my life back to give uh, my former, because I went through a divorce, mm-hmm. a divorce. I remember going through, and my lawyer's like, this is going to take a while. I said, no. Um, I actually ended up closing 10 companies down, um, liquidating everything, and walking away at 36 with a little bit under $1,000. My name, and moving back with my parents Wow, to be able to restart my
0: life. Yeah. Those resets, though, are so powerful because- <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, I've, I've interviewed entrepreneur after entrepreneur that have had similar situations where it's like you sometimes you think you're on top of the world and then life hands you something that you're not expecting and all of a sudden you're eating humble pie. Oh yeah. And, 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 but that's the best service that life could offer you.
1: It's the best thing that could ever happen to me. I wouldn't be doing the things that I am now working with the people that I, I get the honor to work with and have the clarity that I have now if I hadn't understood because you hear so many things people go well you have to fail to be able to succeed I don't think you have to fail to be able to succeed Mm -hmm. but once you understand failure you appreciate success so much more right
0: well there's this yin and yang right you you in order to be happy you have to have gone through the sadness yeah and in order to feel what that success is you have to have gone through you know the bottom of the barrel and, and really have life Kind of smack you around a little bit, yeah, and then you can really appreciate where you're at and that appreciation for life. And I see that in our conversations. Uh, we've known each other for a long time, and you've always been that that really great friend that I, that's there when I when I when I need it, right? Yeah, and, of course. And uh, it's one of those things where I've always witnessed the experience in your voice of having gone through that, and that's what we need as entrepreneurs. We all go through it, and it's okay. This is a part of the journey, right?
1: But that's the thing though, Dan, I mean, like we're all told a, a, ahead of time that it's, it's not okay. A lot of us, when we were younger, we were told, don't tell anyone about your cracks. Don't, mm-hmm. The things that you messed up on, the things that went wrong, like because then they're going to see you as weakness. Right. And what to, that does is make us feel alone as entrepreneurs, yeah. like this on this Island, so lonely. And right. and that's why I think you and I both share so openly about what we've gone through mm-hmm. because we never want another soul, another entrepreneur, to be able to feel the same way we did, so alone. Right, and I mean that's why I continue to be able to go. Look, ask me anything. I'll yeah. go through. I'll share. I'll tell you the the worst, the worst when you know depression all those kind of things. Because I know other people feel that. Right, and I don't want them to feel like I did, feeling alone.
0: A hundred percent. One of the first things that I, when I first started founding Austin, it was just kind of an idea. I was sitting, I was sitting uh, in my office, and. And just kind of seeing, uh, I don't know if I've shared you where this idea came from, but I was seeing parents put their kids through college and these kids didn't know what they were doing. There was just a whole bunch of money just going down, down the tubes. And as a financial advisor at the time, I was like, this ain't an investment. This is not smart. How do you help the kids and the parents find their own path? And, and I thought, why don't I start interviewing some local people and just kind of figure out what their stories are? I interviewed the first person for the magazine and I fell in love with the process because I immediately saw my own community. I saw a person who was going through the same things I was going through, had the same questions, had the same doubts and still was pushing through. And so it's been an amazing journey since that very first article. And I still love it today, just like listening and sharing. And I've had so many comments and people come up to me and say, you know, these stories really, really helped me kind of, you know, on my path. They just are encouraging to know that we're not alone. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we are, uh, it's, we're all tied together. We're a community. It's, it's, it's part of nature. Yeah. The, the more you,
1: the older you get, you figure out that we're all. one. <laughs> <laughs> the older we get. Yes. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that as in my age, as I continue to be able to go on, but it's, it's through conversation. I mean, people going through and selling products and services, change, shift, go mm-hmm. away, yeah. disappear, fall off the, the, the earth, whatever right. it is. But as humans, as our story, as our journeys, they stand the test of time. Right. I mean, those we've been doing since the dawn of man, being able to pass down our history, being able to pass down our story, to be able to help, help hope to impart that knowledge on the next generation.
0: So they can do it smarter than we would.
1: Yeah, but, but how do we forget that sometimes as entrepreneurs? Like yeah. it, in business, it's like, don't tell anyone your secrets, because yeah. then they're gonna steal them. Oh, if you open up yeah. your book, your playbook, but I can't steal you. right? Like I can, yeah, I can take your idea, but like, yeah. but why would you do that anyway? But the, the real magic comes from the human being behind it. 100%.
0: And I do think that there's, there has been a shift and, and continually, hopefully continues this way. But if you remember back in the eighties when Wall Street movies and this and that, greed is good and you have this mindset and it's like, oh, it's not personal, it's business. You have all these cliche sayings and you, you thought you had to be a hard ass in business to be able to succeed. And some people are. Yeah. Uh, that's just the truth. Oh, it, yeah. Right. But uh, what I find more often than not is most entrepreneurs want to change the world for the better. They they uh, give back to society. They want to contribute once they, you know, as they succeed, they want th- that. So there's so much, so many more great stories that I've come across, which I, I completely value. And I do think it's part of the journey. You start off with these sayings, but as you grow, you're like, oh, it doesn't have to be that way. Now it can be this way and I can create my own
1: path and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, love that. What are you doing now? I mean, stand-up authority. Let's talk about that. Uh, what What am I doing at stand-up authority? I mean, you know, I, these days I've, I took what. I said stand-up. I mean, stand-out. Stand-out authority. Stand-out. It's, it's all good. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, here's the thing. It, you know, I, I tried after that reset. I was going to be a life coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going to do it. If you would see me, I don't know if we saw each other during that time frame. Were we hanging out that much when I had my long hair, my man butt and everything? No, uh-uh. So yeah, man bun, you know, mala beads. I was, you know, I was in the zone, in the flow. And I mean, I still am, but I mean, I didn't, I wasn't as the pendulum swings, right? right. And so I was going to be a life coach mm-hmm. it's going through. And that's why I wrote the book, balances Bullshit, How to Live More Integrated Life, right? You know, how to integrate the different aspects that make you, you. I really enjoy that. And I truly believe in that aspect, but I realized that being a life coach wasn't where I was truly going to make the biggest impact. And I, I figured I, I couldn't, forget where I came from, Right. understand that marketing, that advertising, that, that background of business, I had to be able to blend the two. And that's kind of where standard authority became because, you know, we are now the, the human algorithm behind some of the the best thought leaders, influencers, you know, change makers in this world to be able to help them educate, inspire, and draw in their audience mm-hmm. to the vehicle of LinkedIn. Right. And so that's where we really spend our time. Like, I want to be able to work with the people that are adding value to this where they're leading with their heart and not trying to monetize it. Right, And so that's what we get to be able to do. And I mean, it's, it's, it's honestly super cool because like my clients now are like men and women. I used to be able to read their books on how to be able to start my own company 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I get to be able to like be with them and be their voice and be able to help them really, truly build that humanization of their marketing, their their connection to their audience mm-hmm. is what we we really strive for being able to help really get rid of, the B to B or B to C, right? Business to business or business to consumer, and truly go what everything really is, human to human, H to H, right? Because right? yeah. the biggest thing that I think most marketers forget is that every company is run by another human being. Often,
0: yep. you know, our sister company, Founding Media, builds podcasts for corporations, and yeah. the 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 what I tell corporate is like your websites, your suit and tie, is, the, is what you do out there, but the podcast is the happy hour conversation. It's the, it's the, hey, let's just chat because, and that's what, that's that human connection. People are so drawn to podcasts because it is the Frank, just human connection. So.
1: yeah, Well, I mean, I get to hear the tonality in your voice, Mm -hmm. the inflection, right? I get to be able to kind of hear how you talk to another human being or you're being able to communicate. Like you lose that in flat content a lot of times. And like, if I was just putting something on a social media ad or whatever, man, I can create an amazing video that I'm reading off the teleprompter for right. and be able to sound amazing and brilliant. But when two people like you and I are having a conversation, there's we're not scripted here. Right. You and I aren't reading off of notes. We're just right. having a conversation. The audience yeah. can truly hear that. And this, that's what I love about
0: it. This isn't tequila, by the way, whatever, <laughs> but it, you know, it could be at the end of the day. We've been there, done that. <laughs> One of the things that, I appreciate exactly what you said there. One of the things that I uh reached out to you a few months ago is this article you put out about this gambling thing that you did a while back I, and I wanted to share so you were in Vegas and you were actually you actually it's just, I'll let you tell the story <laughs> I want I want the audience to hear because I, I was reading this flat content and yeah and I was like this is really cool I got to reach out and let's talk about this
1: cool in a way where you know it cost me a lot of money but <laughs> Um, well, cool in a way that it was a, a, a learning story. It was a learning story. I mean, because I learned a lot from it. And this this is one of those things that I was, in the past, didn't share with others. So this was 2007, um, Las Vegas, Palms Casino, Playboy Club, all the way at the top. And um, everyone's like, oh, I can see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, before, and, the, before the Great Reset.
1: Yeah, before the Great Reset, you know, where I used to wear... All kind of crazy, flashy crap. I mean, it's just, I could only imagine, even though I I didn't see it, right? Like, I always thought I was trying to add value and be able to do good, but at the same time, too, I was still trying to look for things, oh, if I gave to you, like, it made me feel good, too. And like, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, as humans, as as givers, that we took take that as currency, too, mm-hmm. right? You know, that, that feeling, mm-hmm. of, you know, and so... Sorry, I'm getting on a whole different tangent now, but <laughs> okay. you know, we're we're talking about the, you know, the Playboy Club at the Palms Casino in Vegas and I'm sitting up there had a couple of drinks with a buddy of mine. He had just sold his company for I think just north of the 20 million mark. Wow. And you know, we're sitting up talking, we're being guys, you know, we're we're playing the whole, you know, who's who's macho. big, who's macho, whatever the whole piece. And he looks at me he goes, "Josh," he goes, "I know you're working on building out a new code." He said, yeah. He goes, you know, I just sold mine. I'm, of course, man, I get that. And, um, you know, he goes in and he's like, look, we're sitting here. Why not? You know I mean? Like, you know, I just told him that I'm happy to be able to help you out. I'll get you there faster. He's like, how about I sell you my source code for 1.3 million? Wow. Well, I'm not going to say no. We're sitting here playing, you know, we're playing cards. We're going through, yeah. you know, he laid down his hand. I've got to be able to kind of lay my hand down and be like, I call you on it. Mm-hmm. So Without a, a, even any kind of background, double check, stuff like that. And I was born and raised in Texas. So, you know, I was always raised on, you know, handshake. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah, let's do it. Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Well, that $1.3 million bet um, over the course of the next year, as we kind of go through, we, we didn't do our due diligence and go through. It ended up costing me over $10 million over the next year in business. Wow. We lost contracts. We lost business. And I mean, it was a massive shift to be able to go... And in the long run, I found out I was just another opportunity because he needed to hit his earn out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you sell your company, there's there's an earn out period. You have to hit certain number, certain mm-hmm. metrics yeah. every single year. Well, he needed my earn out mm-hmm. to be able to hit his metrics to be able to go in there. So yeah. it wasn't like he was doing me a favor. He was accomplishing a goal for himself. Right. And you know it was a hard thing because this was right before two thousand eight hit. Well, wow. I mean we were bleeding towards the end of there, probably 300K, 350 um, a month. Wow. Uh, been, I mean, luckily I wasn't like a lot of my friends who had spent a lot of the money. We had a lot of savings and, you know, Dan, I mean, I, I go through this and I look back and I mean, I went through the company's savings. I didn't want to let anyone go because again, there's no difference in business and, and work. Right. I mean, sorry, work and life. And I mean, I, a lot of the people there were my friends. I could I brought their families and so then I went through my own personal savings. And I mean, I almost went to the point of bankruptcy to be able to try and say this when I finally said, hey, oh, we got to stop. We got to reset. We got to go on. But it was a very tough lesson to go. You can't just assume people are doing the right thing by you. Right.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. I read that, came across my email, and I was just so curious about, but this, this, you know, is one of those things where failures happen. I mean, mistakes are made and yeah. big mistakes are made and, and, and then you pay for them.
1: And, and learn from it. Yeah. Learn to do your due diligence and not do You have to. I mean, there's certain different things that you go back in. I mean, look, I, I continue to be able to move forward. I mean, there's, there's other situations where we had different contracts with uh, two different times. We had a syndication to give you, most people don't realize in the online advertising world, not everyone gets their ads directly from Google or, you know, wherever Mm -hmm. it might be, Yahoo. And so Google syndicated their ads to us. And then we would sub syndicate that down to our network of uh, publishers. And I mean, two different times. The first time we had some fraud that kind of came through, you try to do your best to be able to catch it. But they were like, Oh, nope. we saw this come through fraudulent clicks. Um, we're not going to pay you. Well, the first time it was half a million dollars. Wow. And um, yeah, if you don't pay your publishers, even though they can't tell you who did it, and the first time we were like, you know, it, we've got to be able to go against this and we try to use lawyers. I'm 120K in in lawyer fees and we get redacted documents mm. and it doesn't help us at all. And right. we're like, realize at this point, you can't fight Google. Right. Um, and a lot of companies have realized that over the mm-hmm. last couple decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, we still have to pay your publishers or you lose everybody. Yep. And this happened a second time as well. And it was like, at that point, I was like, I've got to get out of this industry. Yeah. It's, there's got to be a better way to be able to do it. What is the
0: things, if you look, looking back at your career, right, and, you, and it's still going, you're still growing and doing things, what are some of the proudest moments and some of the things that, that, uh, that make you feel good and wake up and do it the next day?
1: You know, um, even though the divorce was hard, the proudest moment I, I, I did was realize that I can always make back more money. I can't make more time. And by making the decision to close down my companies and end everything faster for my children for myself for my former Mm -hmm. everything like that and be able to save that time because I see a lot of you know my friends probably your friends other people they allow some of these things they get so tied into when divorce happens it happens a lot higher with entrepreneurs yeah and they get so wrapped up into it in the minutia of of the money aspect and it it's it kills them yeah and it takes forever and it hurts the entire family longer. And I mean, once I realized that and made that decision, it was the hardest thing I ever did, but it was one of the best things that I did. And I look back and go, thank God. You know, because I mean, my kids could have dra- been dragged in it for multiple years. Right. Um, you know, so that was one of them. And then, you know, eight months ago, mm-hmm. um, and I, I know it's hard with podcasts when we actually drop in dates and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm trying to not say the specific dates, stuff like that. But, um, I got remarried um, about Get three mar- and a half years ago, Get almost four years ago, an amazing woman. And eight months ago, she left her corporate world. Um, Rachel was, I and mean, she was on the up and up, man. Yeah. I mean, she was in the corporate ladder. She ran, you know, did branding over the Microsoft Partner Network. And mm-hmm. then she moved over to Gartner and ran branding over at their digital networks, mm-hmm. two Fortune 100 companies. Yeah. And eight months ago, she left, and she partnered with me at Standard Authority, and helps yeah. me run the company. And I mean, truly, talking about living that one life has yeah. been—if I look in those different aspects, that's those are some amazing things of highs, and even taking it low and turning it into a high.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I totally get the—you know—the the first thing that you mentioned is—is is the end of the day, and you—you you hit the nail right on the head. We can always make more money, and so the people, the kids, the family, you know, having them suffer less through through those kind of situations is, is is absolutely wonderful. And then being able to uh, life circles all the way back around and being able to find someone else that is, that not only uh, inspires you and you're in love with and get married, but also goes into business with you. So that's,
1: that's. Dude, she, she, she laid her bet down on me. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's, to, to be able to have someone, to be able to have that faith in you, like yeah. the person that you spend the rest of your life with, it's amazing, yeah. right? To be able to kind of go through it. It makes you feel good. Like, I mean, she didn't have to, and she believed and had enough of faith in what I was doing and enough faith in me. And so that allows me to be able to kind of smile about everything I do every single day. Yeah. It's not, we're not perfect. Right like we're a husband and wife running a business yeah. living a life together as a blended family. Right. I mean, look, there's a lot of things challenges, that go into yeah. that, a lot of challenges, but we're very proactive. I learned a lot from the from last time making sure that, you know, we seek our own counsel individually mm. and together right. to be able to be proactive on the things that are going on. So many people go, "Oh, I can't tell anyone that I'm, I'm I have a counselor, or I have a right. therapist or stuff like that." Yeah. But and it's the the smartest people I know in this world yep. have someone that they go to, mentors, therapists, mm-hmm. all life those kinds and especially some of the the most the best power couples I know in this world mm-hmm. had the same thing.
0: It's such a great thing that you you mentioned that. Um, I've had a life coach the last four or five years and it is life transforming. Because the, the life coach is a mirror to yeah. you. So it's and oftentimes you don't have the spouse may not be that that mirror that you need, and sometimes they are. But you to have someone that can show you, hey, here's the things, here's how to improve and and, and keep improving. Yeah, such a blessing, such oh, yeah. a blessing. So I'm I'm really happy to hear that you both have your individual uh, uh, counselors and and also together because that I think it's important because it gets your your mind straight and clear. And
1: but Dan, so many people look at it, they go, oh, I've got to go see. I'm looking for someone to get help, or you know, I need to be able to see a therapist or something. like that. Like, that's not a bad thing, man, you're taking action. You're going through, it's worse when it's gotten so bad. I wish I had the foresight when I was going through my my depression before, when I was contemplating my own life, that yeah, I had people to talk to me and thank God I did. But I mean, like I could have been more proactive and been able to speak about that because I, you know, and so it's not anything that you should be ashamed of. You should be proud of it. Like, look, you know, I'm trying to be better each and every day and you know it reminds me of you know i I did this post the other day too dan you appreciate this so you know there's there's a lot of species of shark in this world that they cannot stop swimming they will even stop into a current when they're sleeping to be able to allow the the water to be able to throw through their gills to be able to keep them alive Mm -hmm. so they never stop swimming right Right. So that's the same thing as if you look at your life or you look to a friend, if I look to you and I say, Hey, Dan, you know, on a, on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate me? Right. You know, as a, and it's hard for people to be able to ask for that feedback, but I never want a 10. Right. Because if you give me a 10. Comfortable. Well, <laughs> no, I might as well be dead. I've right. got nowhere to go. Right. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I always wanted the best I want to be able to shoot for is a nine. And I understand that most of us don't want a confrontation. So it's hard to be able to ask that. Mm-hmm. But. Man, I've been able to get some of my closest confidants, friends mm-hmm. that are actually really honest with me and lovingly call yeah. me out on my BS or right. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and these are the things that continue to be able to push me forward.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's so insightful to say that because that's growth. Everything in nature grows all the time, and we're humans. We're growing. The second we stop trying to grow or get comfortable, we start dying. Yeah, you know, at, the, at the end of the day. So, um, totally respect your, your viewpoints on that, and I. Live my life very similar. Always looking for growth the next day. And
1: uh, And I know that too, for a fact, (laughs) with the conversations you and I have had, (laughs) how do we get there? All right. I, we're we're getting
0: close on time here. I want to ask one, one last thing. Um, just kind of looking back and again, this is for the audience looking back over what you've done so far. What would you do different?
1: You know, I wouldn't be where I am today if I had done anything different because I learned from everything. Um, I probably would have made some decisions faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably would have tried to release my ego um a lot more. Yeah. I think that's some of the reasons why some of my decisions were a lot slower. I'm but on board with the, that. But other than that, man, I mean, like, look, I can't complain. Right. Yeah, I've had some downs. Yeah, I've gone through some things, but I live a pretty blessed life. I've got two amazing kids, an amazing wife. I Live here in Austin, Texas, like the freaking number one growing city in the country these right, days. Right, right. Um, got a roof over my head, and I get to work with amazing people and have awesome conversations with guys like you on a regular basis. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good. That's awesome. Yeah. Love to hear it. Thanks for coming on the show, Dan. I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much.
0: Wow. What an incredible conversation with a dear friend and inspiring founder. Thank you, Josh, for sharing the good, the bad, and the ugly of your journey. It's so encouraging for founders at every stage to know that with the right mindset, behind every loss, there's a win, as long as you keep going. The Masters and Founders team includes me, Dan Dillard, producer Candice Harrell, and audio engineer, Jake Wallace. Thank you everyone at Foundy Media for your support. Thank you, everybody, for at Ible Studios for allowing us the use of your studio. To see the video interview and other Founding Media podcasts, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. The link is in the show notes.